5: Hello everyone, I'm Carl Amari and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to the Milton Berle Show... Then John Daner stars as J.B. Kendall, English newspaper reporter covering America of the Old West on Frontier Gentlemen. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey,
4: Carl. How are you?
5: Good. What's happening in Hollywood?
4: Well, I wanted to talk about Kimberly Williams Paisley, who I know uh, you know and you worked with. Yes. Um, so Produced she... Produced a
5: movie that she starred in.
4: Yeah, I know you guys were uh, best she's buds.
5: She's a terrific gal.
4: Yes, she's a great actress, too. Yes.
5: And she played... Mother Mary, in my Word of Promise audio Bible, did a terrific job in that as well.
4: Yeah, and she's, um, well, she has opened up about her mother's dementia in a new book. Yes. Uh, recently came out. It's called Where the Light Gets In. So she shares a glimpse of what her life has been like since her mother was diagnosed. And it's a rare form of dementia called primary progressive aphasia. And she was only 62 years old, which is... So young, Very young. Um, and yeah. such a, a tragic story. Um, and the book is really this complex story about her illness, which includes um, not only the downs, but she tries to give it, you know, some sense of humor and and appreciate the time that she has with her mom, and you know, try to look at it from some positive light, which is um, obviously completely difficult. But basically, how her life has changed and open this up to teach other people, you know, how one can live with this type of yeah. uh, illness. I
5: mean, pretty much everybody knows someone that. Suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia. I mean, it is really, really a uh, prevalent yeah. disease. And uh, I I think it has a lot to do with what we eat and the chemicals that are in what we eat. I, I do, but you know they don't yeah, they don't, don't really know. know what it is.
4: Yeah, I, I mean there's so many factors that could come together. But um, anybody who's interested, it's called Where the Light Gets In, and um, people are raving about it. It's very sensitive and beautifully written.
5: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Lisa. Sure. All right. It's time now for the conclusion to the Milton Burl show. We started this last time. Let's go back to September second, nineteen forty-seven, for a salute to South America on the Milton Berle.
1: And now, as part of our salute to our good neighbors, we now present... South American Forum tonight. South American Forum tonight. The question,
7: is a rainy night in Rio any more fun than any night in the balcony of the Roxy?
1: (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Gallup. Now let's have questions from the floor. Let's start with this gentleman here in the white Palm Beach suit and the leaky fountain pen. Uh, Yes, young man. Uh, Mr.
2: Merle, on behalf of the State Department, may I congratulate you on the wonderful work your program has done in making the people of South America so grateful to us.
1: My program makes the people of South America grateful? Why? They don't hear it down there. Thank you, thank you. Next, this young man with the typewriter ribbon holding up his pants. Young man,
6: uh, what is your name? My name is Cucaracha. <laughs> Cucaracha, that's your real name? Of course not, Cucaracha. Who would have a name like that? Well, you're right. I took the name when I come to this country. I see. What was your name before? Cockroach.
1: I understand. Well, tell us, Mr. C., have you, uh...
6: Question about South America Oh, I don't want to talk About South America Before I live here, don't I? Yeah, but I. How about talking About the good old USA? Well, I'd like I like this country I don't care what you I say I didn't say that This you. is my country Right or wrong? I know it's the your The good old USA That means nothing to you, huh? Oh, sure it means oh, something sure To me, it's drinking pop And rooting for the Dodgers Coming home from Coney In a wet bathing suit Look, young
8: man <laughs> That
6: old Chevy on Sunday morning, listening to Gabriel Heater. Please, why don't young, you go back where you came from, you bum?
8: <laughs> please don't.
6: Now please,
1: let not let's not use lose our heads. Well, make up your mind, will you?
8: <laughs>
1: young, young man. I know where my place is. You don't have to point to it.
8: <laughs>
1: we will run into date with Judy by the time of-
8: <laughs> Now, if you
1: have a question, young man, let's have it. Okay. Would you scratch my back?
8: <laughs> Please,
1: let's stick to the subject of South America. How about a question from the ladies? All right, you, madam, holding the cigarette lighter and singeing a duck.
9: What is your name? Tallulah Fini, I'm a homemaker
1: I see, and you have a question? Yeah,
9: when is South America gonna stop with them dances already? If I gotta shake one more thing, it'll come loose You do South American dances? My husband Brentwood, he's on a Latin kick All day long he's doing the conga, the samba, the rumba and slamba The slamba? That's a new one for getting out of the subways
1: Your husband's always dancing? The way he
9: swings them big hips of his when he walks down the street, people look up to see if Cebu is riding him. He has big hips. Big. Before he can get into the bath, I gotta butter the sides of the tub. <laughs> he loves
1: South American dances, eh?
9: Mighty. Yesterday, he come home with a new one, the Mexican hat dance. He done it in front of the house and got arrested. He
1: got arrested just for doing the Mexican hat dance?
9: Yeah, he thought that's all he had to wear. <laughs> In other words,
1: Mrs. Feeney, your problem is South American dances.
9: The problem's taken care of now that President Truman's down
1: there. You mean while President Truman is down there, they won't dance?
9: Are you kidding? You're trying to a conga to the Missouri waltz. Thank you very much, Mrs. Feeney. Thank (laughs) you.
1: Now, ladies and gentlemen, since uh, Mrs. Feeney has brought up the subject of our president's trip to Brazil, let us be the first to welcome him home as we all join in and sing. (laughs) Harry comes sailing home again.
6: Hooray. Hooray. When
1: Harry comes sailing home again.
6: Hooray. Hooray.
1: Life will be peaches and cream again.
9: The Republicans will scream again. And we'll all shout. Yay. When Harry comes
1: sailing home. By
7: the way, Burl, yeah. did you hear President Truman and all the big officials addressing the Rio conference this morning?
1: I, I, I tried to, Mr. Gallup, but it was no use. Did you ever try to listen to a program on the radio with your whole family around? Uh, Gesundheit, I was... uh
8: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Horace Height's sister.
8: I, uh,
1: I was home. Uh, I tried to listen to a program. No kidding. <laughs> I, I was home this morning, all set to hear the speeches from the Rio conference, and I was sitting in my living room...
6: Milton, this is Tuesday, the day of your program. What are you doing home? Yeah, Pop. Ain't you got a rehearsal to get the egg ready for the air?
1: Quiet. Junior, I moved rehearsal time up so I can listen to the speeches from Rio. Just let me sit here and listen to the radio.
6: You want your pencil and paper, Pop, or won't there be any jokes you can steal?
1: Very funny. That's a nice thing, Junior, to talk about your father stealing jokes.
6: Well, what else should I talk about? Your 12 toes? <laughs>
1: Brother, can I please have quiet? I'm staying home just to hear a program. A program I can appreciate and understand.
6: It's too early for it pays to be ignorant.
1: Make fun of your father, will you?
4: Milton, you struck Junior on the head and on the numb side, too. Yeah.
1: Dear, will you take him away? Hold his head in the oven or something. I want to I, I wanna hear the speeches. Just before the president talks, there's an important address by Senator Vanden Clyde. It's called the six points of the good neighbor policy. What's
6: with the points? Just let them send us another Carmen Miranda. Junior,
1: go up to your room.
6: My room. It still says Rover over the door.
8: <laughs>
6: Please,
1: the senator goes on right away. Now, remember, dear, I want absolute quiet. Those six points are important to every American. I'm turning on the radio.
3: You listen, dear. I'll go on with my housework.
1: This is NBC at the Rio Conference. We now present Senator Bandon Clyde in his keynote address, The
7: Six
0: Points of the Good Neighbor Policy. Senator Bandon Clyde. Shh, shh. Here's the senator.
1: My friends, the six points I'm about to present should be carefully heard and indelibly written into the minds of every American. (laughs) (laughs) First point, number one.
8: Milton, lift your feet. Oh, no,
1: darling, not the vacuum cleaner. Point number one
8: in the event... uh,
1: I'm waiting to hear Truman and you come up with a hoover. <laughs> Quiet, and uh, darling, let's listen. And so much for point number one. <laughs> it was interesting, wasn't it? Well, there, there are five more points. And now for point two. Oh, good. Point two is as
8: follows.
6: Open the door, uh, Milton.
1: Oh, on the door. I'll turn
8: off the radio.
1: Who's at the door? I'll get rid of them. Hiya, Milty. (laughs) Hello, Sam Hello, Martha Uh, Darling, it's Sam and Martha Harrison Uh, Look, Sam, I'm listening to... We were just going by and saw your car parked outside So I said, how come Milton's home? Hasn't he got rehearsals on Tuesday? Let's go in and see if he's still sick That's what I said, isn't it, Martha? Yes Sam, there's an important speech that I'm... Milty, gonna... I got a joke for you. You can clean it up for the air. But Senator Bannon, Clyde... <laughs> Get this. Oh. They screamed at it down the Elk's stag party last night. Didn't they, Martha? Yes. <laughs>
8: what was
1: she doing at a stag? Sam, the senator. I'll
8: make it so. <laughs> Sam,
1: the senator. Two old maids register in a hotel, Sam. Sam, the senator. The bellboy brings their bags up to a room. Sam, the senator. The first old maid says, boy, here's the dime, and then... Wait, uh, say, Martha Yes? uh, Was it the first old maid Who said
8: that? Yes Oh (laughs) Then the first
1: old maid said Sam, please I know the joke The punchline Is when the second old maid says Why do you think We threw out the key?
8: (laughs) Why do you think We Oh. Why do you think We
1: Is that the same joke I had, Martha? Yes (laughs) Sam, I'm listening To an important speech Okay, okay Nice seeing you, Milton wasn't it, Martha? Yes. <laughs> to you, goodbye. Quick, turn on the radio. And that's point number two in a nutshell. <laughs> a nutshell? Well, I didn't miss much. Just a little nutshell. <laughs> oh, brother. And now, point number three. Point three. Point number three is simply the ideal. Ooh,
4: that racket, turn it off. Written. What was that noise?
1: I know what it is. Junior's using my electric razor again. Where's the bathroom? Come out. Junior. Junior, come out.
6: Okay, okay, you got me.
1: Sure, Junior. If I ever catch you using that electric razor, well, how would
6: you like it if the kids at school call you Junior the Fuzz? Quiet, <laughs> Here, Turn
1: the radio on. And that is all there is to point number three. Simple, isn't it? Very. <laughs> now, quiet, everybody. Please. Point number four. <clears throat> point the
8: doorbell.
1: Four. The doorbell. I know. Hi, uh, Milty. Oh, it's you, Sam the Senator. I mean, Sam the Senator. The minute we left your door, I said, here we were at the birds, and we didn't even say hello or goodbye to Milty's wife. Why, she must think we're barbarians. That's what I said, isn't it, Martha? Yes.
8: <laughs> Sam, the
1: senator. Lucky we came back. I got a joke for you that I, I look, know is... Sam, it. I, I don't want to hear any more jokes. I just want to hear Senator Clyde. Do you understand? Now, now get out. Let me listen. Beat it. Well, I must say, this is the worst insult I've ever suffered in my life. Yes. You stay out of this, loudmouth.
8: <laughs> you
1: understand? Yes. <laughs> The radio, Senator. So you see how important point number four is. Yes, I do, I do. Now let us take up point number five. Oh, what's the use, Senator? You'll start talking, something will happen, I'll miss the whole point again. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is too much. Oh. This show was written by Matt Leacock and Aaron Rubin. and this is Frank Ellis saying good night.
7: This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
5: And that's the Milton Berle Show from September second, 1947, with a salute to South America, starring Milton Berle and all his gang. And that was sponsored by Philip Morris Cigarettes, but we removed all of the cigarette commercials, so you will not uh, smoke or hear any of those if commercials. If it was only that
4: simple, that if we yeah. remove all the commercials, nobody would smoke. Yeah, that would be right? great.
5: That would be easy. It's heard on NBC, Frank Yallop doing the announcing. All right, let's take a break, and then it's much more here on Hollywood 360 more hollywood 360
0: after these important messages and now back to hollywood 360
5: with carl amari welcome back to hollywood 360 before we tune into frontier gentlemen i want to remind all of our listeners that we have a facebook page for this radio show lisa and mike want to tell us all about that Yeah, just hop onto Facebook and uh, look up Hollywood 360. It's that simple? You have to
4: hop in order to do it. You can't jump, you can't walk, but as long as you hop, you can find it under Hollywood 360 Radio.
5: And there's all kinds of fun stuff there. We definitely want you to like us. We want to build our likes. And let people know about this show, folks.
4: I want to mention um, there have been people talking on the Facebook page how much they would like to talk to each other during the shows. And I know some people have the shows at different times, but um, if you want to hop on there and make some comments uh, and, you know, ideas and thoughts about the shows, I know there are a lot of other people who would like to hear them and, and talk back with you as well. Right.
5: And if you have a suggestion as to what you would like to hear on Hollywood 360, just let us know that as well. And we'll if you want to, to talk to it. Lisa Wolf, that's a good way to chat with yes, her. Yes,
4: I do have a lot of chat time, so um, we we like to chat.
5: She only has four kids and six jobs.
4: But I do appreciate our our listeners, and it's really nice to talk to everyone, so thank you for that, Absolutely. All right, it's time now for
5: Frontier Gentlemen. You ready for this? I certainly am. Frontier Gentlemen was a radio Western series heard on CBS for only one season in 1958. It starred John Daner as J.B. Kendall, reporter for the London Times. The stories followed the adventures of the English journalist as he roamed the western United States in search of stories for his newspaper. In order to survive in these turbulent times, Kendall became as proficient with a gun as he was with a pen. I think you're going to enjoy this series. Good adult western now. This episode is called Claim Jumpers. It's from March 9, 1958. Here's John Daner as Frontier Gentleman.
7: In the mining country of Montana Territory, it seems that it's one thing to find gold, and another to claim it as your own.
0: Frontier Gentleman. Here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now, starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman.
7: i had been traveling along the Mullen Wagon Road in Montana Territory, and I was looking forward to reaching Helena before dark when my horse began to go lame. And I realized I faced the prospect of camping out for still another night. I had just rounded a bend in the trail when I saw the small figure plodding along on foot ahead of me. He carried a pack on his back, and as I drew nearer, I saw that he was no more than a boy. Seventeen or eighteen. Hi. Hello.
3: Going into Helena?
7: Yes, but I don't think I'll get there tonight. Horse has gone lame. Oh.
3: Yeah, right foreleg, huh?
7: Yes. He slipped off a rut a mile or so further back.
3: Too bad. Thought I might get a ride with you. there been many wagons along today.
7: No. How far
3: have you walked? Mostly from Fort Benton. Got a couple of rides day four yesterday. Say, <laughs> um, you, you don't happen to have any food on you. I ain't got much, but I could pay a dollar or two, I guess.
7: Oh, I've enough for the two of us. You better save your money. Oh, that's mighty nice now of you. Keep your Mr. eyes open for a decent bit of brown and we'll make a camp. About half a mile beyond, we found a somewhat sheltered spot a little way off the trail. The youngster, his name was Bill Richmond, gathered wood and I prepared the food. It was almost dark by the time we had finished.
3: Well, that was as fine a meal as I've ever eaten, Mr. Kendall. And
7: I'm glad you enjoyed it, Bill. Did you smoke?
3: Mm, no, sir.
7: I've not found a taste for it yet. <laughs> You've got time. Take my advice. When you do, use a pipe. Yes, sir. Where'd you come from?
3: Kentucky.
7: Mm, a long way.
3: Yeah, I ran away from home. It wasn't much of a place. I figured I was old enough.
7: Mm-hmm. And you came out here for gold?
3: That's right. Hey, you make any strikes, Mr. Kendall?
7: Oh no, no. I'm not a prospector. How did you get to Fort Benton, Bill?
3: Well, I worked my way up one of them river boats. I sure learned plenty about gold mining from some of them fellas. You know, this says there's places in this country where you can pick the gold right off the ground.
7: Um, I imagine the trick is to find those places.
3: Oh, I will. Mm -hmm. Of course, I don't mind digging some if I
8: have to.
7: I wish you luck. Hello. Sounds that we have visitors.
8: How are you?
2: Me and my pals saw the light of your fire off of the trail. You mind company? No, not at all. Uh. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> uh, my name is Jack Hinton. Uh, this here, this is Rod Goodall. Howdy. And
7: him with a long face there. That's Dauncey Abbott. How are J.B. Kendall. The nipper is Bill Richmond. Uh, howdy. Uh, I'd offer you some food, but I'm afraid we used the last one. Oh, of... that's all right. We got our own grub.
2: But how's the firewood?
7: Enough, I think. <laughs>
2: Uh, Dauncey, your turn for the grub. Get going. Mm, Nothing I ate worse than... He ate cooking like thunder, but he sure knows how to make a -a son-of-a-gun stew. Oh, now that fire sure does feel good. (laughs) You and the kid have any luck?
3: Find any traces around here?
7: And as a matter of fact, Mr. Goodall, I haven't been looking. I'm on my way to Helena. No, Bill is the prospector.
3: Oh, that's so? Boy, we just camping down for the night, huh? I aim to try my luck west of Helena. So,
7: huh?
2: Well now, boy, how come you wait until you get there?
3: Well, I heard tell of big strikes. That's how come, mister.
2: Oh, <laughs> now you listen to me, boy. Ain't no sense going everybody else goes. But for all you know, you're sitting on a bonanza right now. (laughs) (laughs) you're joshing me. No, no, I ain't. Here, Rod. Rod, (laughs) ain't that the truth? It could be. Why, sure it could. Now, listen. I heard stranger hats. Oh, they're pulling your leg, Bill. No, sir. No such of a thing, (laughs) mister. Now, now listen here. Me and the boys, we was working deer lodge country a year. Dauncey, you remember... I remember. Why, sure. Now a couple of fellers right in the next camp to us. They got into a shoot up. Next thing you know, one of them bites the dust. Other fella, he starts out to bury the poor son of a gun. He digs a grave right there in the camp, and what do you think?
7: Yeah. Paid dirt.
2: Lousy with gold.
7: Oh <laughs> Mister Hinton, you'd take first prize with that one in a minute. You'd have me believe oh, you. Oh, but that's <laughs> the truth. Though I've oh, seen stranger things than
2: that. And that's a fact. <laughs>
7: It was a pleasant way to pass the night. Three prospectors, hard-bitten, rough men, spinning one tale after another. They'd never find a better audience than Bill Richmond, and they knew it. I could see him absorbing every word. And it wasn't until the fire was getting low that we finally turned in.
5: That's the first portion of Frontier Gentlemen with claim Jumper, starring John Daner. We'll get back to it after these words. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's
1: the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second
2: base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One face of the time.
5: Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly.
9: What day is this?
5: Oh, no, let me see. .com and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's hollywood360radio.com.
0: Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360.
5: All right, let's get back now to Frontier Gentlemen. At first I thought I heard the shouting in my dreams.
8: And then I knew
7: that I was awake and it was beginning to grow light in the east.
8: Look, look here, I'm rich, I made
6: it.
7: What What are you talking about, Bill?
6: Just like they said here, I found it. Found what? The gold, the gold. Gold, on, boy, what's
7: the gold? What? Look, Mr. Hinton,
6: Mr. Hinton's
3: a look here, gold. Gold? All night I thought about what you told me, you know, all them stores, I didn't even sleep for it. And this morning, this morning here, I got up and I walked up the gulch and I found yeah, this. Now, look. let
8: me
2: see that. Iron pyrite, I'll bet you. May I see.
3: Ain't it gold, Mr. Kendall? It is. The fellas on the boat, they told me what to look for. Iron pyrite, I tell you. you.
2: Don't see? Fetch me the hammer.
3: Hey, I got I got more in my pockets. Look at this. Well, will you
2: shut your mouth a minute?
3: Where'd you find it? Surface? No, no kind of kind of sticking out of a rock in a in a gully. I can show you. Well, I'm sure obliged to you, Mr. Hinton.
7: Use the hammer. If you want my opinion, you're wasting your time. That's gold.
3: Sure it is, Mr. Kendall.
7: Don't
2: It's soft. Ain't no alloy in it, neither. No silver or copper.
7: Look at the color. Pure gold. Show us where you found it, boy. We followed Bill into a gulch which began no more than a hundred yards from the campfire. He turned into a shallow gully and stopped. I could see where he had cut into the rocky bank with his pocket knife. And I could see something else, too. In the faces of the men who stood over him. The guarded tones of voice...
2: Bill? Bill, I would say that you've hit it.
3: That's a fact. Ain't no question in my mind. No telling how far that vein goes. Say, don't don't think I'll forget you, fellas, because I won't. I, I'm going to make a fine present to all of you. Well,
2: that's mighty thoughtful, boy. Mighty thoughtful.
7: I imagine one sticks out a claim now. Isn't that so, Mr. Hinton? Hmm. Then register it in Helena?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that sure is, Kendall. That's the thing to do. Yeah. Uh, Bill? Bill, I don't guess you'd mind me, me and the boys take a look on up the gully ways, would you? It should be plenty for all of us.
3: Oh, no, sir, you go right ahead. I ain't no hog now. I got all I need right here.
2: Good, good. Then we'll help you then make out the claim, all proper and legal.
3: Well, that's fine. All
2: right, let's go, boys.
3: Oh, uh, Kendall, you coming?
7: Uh, in just a moment.
3: Mr. Kendall, listen. Right up this I owe you plenty picking me up. Well, Sharing your food with me, no? I'm cutting you in for a share of this.
7: Oh, no, no, no. It's yours. If there's more here, I'll stake my own claim.
3: No, no, you don't have to. Now, this here must be worth hundreds and thousands. Listen
7: to me, Bill. The most important thing is for you to register that claim. Get title to it. Do you understand? Sure, sure. All right. Have you got a gun? No, I ain't got no gun. Well, you know how to use one.
3: Oh, I guess so.
7: I'd take it. Just in case of accidents. I'm going with the others now. If any more strangers come, don't tell them what you found.
3: All right, Mr. Kendall.
7: You better go back to camp now. Wait for me there.
3: Sure. If you say so.
7: I stayed with the three prospectors almost the whole day. We found traces all right, low-grade ore, but nothing really worth working. It was late afternoon when we retraced our steps to the camp. On the way, we passed through the gully and the site of Bill's claim. The sun had already fallen behind the mountains to the west, and there was a chill in the air. Can't just figure it. Just the one vein. Possibly it's a question of digging. Seems to be a number of gullies running off. We looked around these
2: parts a couple of years back. Remember, Rod? That's right. I'd swear what the kid found's a freak. Might not go more than a foot or two, and then peter out. No, don't look that way to me. I'd say she'd show better than, $2,000 a ton. Mm -hmm. Lucky boy. Yeah, ain't he, though. Say, Kendall, you and the boy, you partners or something?
7: Oh, no. I met him yesterday for the first time. Oh. Man can search a lifetime not find anything like that. Yeah.
2: Kinda crazy, ain't it? We tell him stories and he takes us up on it and finds this. Think that'd be worth a share in the claim, wouldn't you? He sure shooting wouldn't have come looking if we hadn't given him the idea. Sure. What do you think,
7: Kendall? Well, I think, gentlemen, that this is Bill Richmond's claim and we better get it staked out for him before dark. The way you see it, huh? Exactly that way. Yeah.
2: Well, might as well get on back to camp.
7: Well, don't you think it'd be a good idea to help the boy to stake out his claim before nightfall? Well, I
2: don't know, Kendall. I'm kind of tired right now. How about you fellas? I sure had enough for one oh, day. Well, that oh, that may has been there a long time. Guess she won't be moving tonight. Kendall, uh, you know how to stake out a claim.
7: <laughs> Unfortunately, no.
2: Oh. Well,
7: I guess it can wait
2: Do something about it in the morning, huh? Because right now I sure could use some grub
7: In the camp now, there was a very different atmosphere Sullen, I think is the best word for it A subtle hostility had settled like a gray mist I saw the men huddled together as Bill and I prepared the campfire and I had a pretty good idea of what they were talking about.
3: Oh, she's going fine now, Mr.
7: Now, Kendall. Uh, listen to me, Bill. I think we may be in for a bit of trouble. And no matter what happens, keep your head. How come? No time to explain now, you'll see. Just don't lose your temper.
2: Bill! Yeah, Mr. Hinton? Bill, me and the boy's been talking. Now, we figure while it's still light, you ought to get that claim staked out all regular. Oh, yeah, that's fine with me. Now, of course, doing you a service like that, seeing how you nor Kendall know about such things, we reckon it ought to be worth something to you.
3: Oh, well, that's all right. I don't want
7: something for nothing.
2: There, see? See what I tell you, boy? He's a good kid. <laughs> he was right. Uh,
7: what was... do you think such services are worth,
2: Mr. Hinton? Even shares all around? Cut you in two, of course, Mr.
3: Even Bill. shares?
7: Just a moment, Bill. Pretty expensive, isn't it? I imagine a lawyer wouldn't charge that much.
2: Ain't no lawyers round here, is there, Jack? <laughs> no, sir. Now, Bill, it's kind of like protecting your rights, you see? Because if anything happened and you didn't get to get your claim registered, why, the next feller comes along, the whole thing would belong to him, you see? Rather awkward situation, isn't it? It sure is. We're taking the gamble as much as you, kid. Why, heck, that that vein might not be worth nothing a foot down.
7: I was under the impression you thought it would work out to about two thousand dollars a ton. Look, Mister, we're doing no. business with the boy, not with you. I'm representing his interests. That right, Bill? Yes, sir. Since when? About the same time as you decided to help him register his claim, Mister Goodall. Now, what's your deal with the kid? Uh, we have a gentleman's agreement. Hmm. Pretty smart. And you come in for half. Presuming that I did. That still leaves him half, which is a lot better than a fifth share. As it happens, I have no intentions of doing so. You believe this dude, kid?
3: Yeah, I believe him.
2: Well, we ain't getting nowhere. Else. Don't uh, see much, well, get going on the grudge. I did it last night. Well, do it again. It ain't my turn. Uh, come over here.
3: You too, Rob.
7: Have you got the gun on your bill?
3: Yeah, stuck in my belt here.
7: Now keep your jacket buttoned. Don't let them see it.
3: You figure they're going to take my gold away from me, Mr. Kennedy?
7: I think they'll make a good try.
3: Well, I ain't going to let them.
7: Keep Shh. your voice down. I'm sorry, sir.
3: That sure gets me mad. I, I heard about claim jumpers, but I never expected to run into them this quick.
7: <laughs> the price of fame and fortune.
3: Well, they're going to have to kill me
7: to get mine. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Ah, the conference is over.
2: What right, mean the boys got an offer to make?
7: Happy to listen to any offer. You and the kid take 50%, we take
8: 50%. Hmm.
7: I'll make you a counteroffer. You take nothing, I take nothing, Bill takes all. Now, you see, I told you.
2: Now, look, mister, you ain't in no position to make an offer. Till that claim gets registered, it don't belong to no one. Now, if me and the boys decide to stake it out for ourselves... What are you going to do about
7: it? I imagine there'd be some shooting, don't you?
2: You only got one gun. We got three. Would you like
7: to draw first?
2: No, it ain't no use that kind of talk. Now, nobody's talking about a shoot-up. We just want what's rightfully ours. We told the kid where to look. That makes us equal partners.
0: I don't think so. Oh, no, sir. If
2: the kid rides in to get someone out to stake that claim for him... You know, we got a right to take over while he's gone. If I let you. It
7: ain't your strike. He'll give me power of attorney and writing. You bet I will. What's he talking about? Are you a lawyer? No. Of course, maybe
2: you'll write to Helena. Leave him here. (laughs) Very doubtful. All right, now see how it is, then? We got all the grub. You got none. We can just sit it out and wait. By and by, you'll get so hungry, you'll sell us the whole thing for some eats.
7: Did you ever stop to consider that the wagon trail is not very far away? All Bill has to do is to wait for someone to come along. I wouldn't be surprised if there were one or two honest men who would give him a hand staking his claim. I'd be happy to stay here while he's gone. All right, all
2: right, all right, Candle. all right. All right, you win. <laughs> I guess we know when we're licked. Huh? Boy, we'll pull out. How come? Cut him out, do say. we'll pull out. Kendall's right. Kid found it. His claim. And just to show you, Mr. Kendall, that there's no hard feelings, we'll leave you some of our grub. How's that?
3: Extremely kind. Well, I'll pay for it, Hinton. do well, you figure
2: it's oh, worth Oh, no, kid. It's a present to you. it make up for what we tried to do to you. <laughs> sort of a conscience salve, huh? Yeah, that's right.
7: Yeah. Well, come on, boys, let's get moving. I didn't have the heart to laugh at Hinton's clumsy attempt to put us off guard. They packed their belongings and within ten minutes were riding off down toward the Mullen Road. At the same time, I had no illusions about our somewhat uncomfortable position.
3: You figure they'll come back?
7: I think there's no doubt of it.
3: I'm sure glad I got this here gun. Then.
7: I hope you don't have to use it.
3: You do want me to get started on the grub? Yes, you might as well.
8: <sighs> <laughs>
3: sure is something. What happens to fellas when they get a side of gold, ain't it?
7: History has a way of repeating itself, Bill. I went through something like this only a week ago in Fort Benton.
3: You know what I'm going to do if that stock's really worth something? I'm going to sell out. You know, I'm going back to Kentucky, I'm going to fix things up just fine for my mom, pa, and the kids. Brothers and sisters? Oh, yeah. A whole slew of them. Eight. That's one of the reasons I took off.
7: Hmm. Well, the immediate problem seems to be our friends. If I send you to Helena now, they might be waiting for you. On the other hand, if I go, they could come back here. I'd fear either way. No doubt. But your claim won't be worth much to you if you're not alive to enjoy it.
3: Hmm. Mr. Kendall. Hmm? What are you doing in Montana?
7: Oh nothing much, really, Bill. I think the word is drifting. I drift about and do a little writing for a newspaper in London.
3: London, England? Mm hmm. So you know something? I never did learn reading and writing. That's something else I'm gonna do and I'll get back.
7: Hmm, it's a good idea. But we'd better make preparations to make sure you do go back. As far as I could determine, their most likely line of approach would be up a shallow draw. We packed everything we could find under our blankets to make it appear we were asleep in the clearing. An hour passed. The moon rose. Mr. Kendall. Yes. Yes, I heard it. Take out your gun, but don't... Shoot unless I tell you to. All right, sir. And keep down behind the brush.
2: Now, boys, get him! Right... Well, that... that should ought to have done it, boys. No. Huh? Wait a minute. It ain't them under the blankets. It ain't. Just a lot. Drop your of... guns, that gentlemen. Ain't.
7: Stand just where you are.
2: We we, we we was just coming back to see you was all right.
7: Your thoughtfulness shatters me. I told you it wouldn't work. Pick up their guns, Bill. Yes, sir. Now, gentlemen, we'll wait until it's light enough. Then you are going to stake out a claim. It'll be in the name of William Richmond. Are there are there any objections? Good. All right, make yourselves comfortable. And then while we're waiting, perhaps you'd like to tell us some more stories. The next morning, bright and early, Bill's claim was properly marked off. And to doubly ensure that there would be no more dirty work, our dishonest friends were led well-trust into the sheriff's office at Helena. Bill's strike didn't make him a great fortune, but it was enough to take him home a richer man than he came out. I allowed him, under the circumstances, to reward me. And he did. Very fairly.
0: $1,000. Frontier Gentleman was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Eddie Firestone, Larry Dobkin... Jack Moyles, and Vic Perrin. Music was composed and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Right after the Ford Roadshow, which follows immediately on most of these same stations, stay tuned for the New York Philharmonic Concert performance of Electra. And join us again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentlemen. John Wall speaking. This is the CBS Radio Network.
5: And that's Frontier Gentlemen from March 9, 1958, with Claim Jumper, starring John Daner. Also in the cast, Virginia Gregg, Eddie Firestone, and Vic Perrin. But Vic Perrin was billed as Richard Perkins. Not sure why, but he was in this show. Bud Sewell announcing as heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed Frontier Gentlemen. I want to remind all of our listeners that we give away a year's supply of Cats Pride kitty litter, every single month and you can be the lucky recipient of a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. Lisa, want to tell everyone how they can send in a picture and be yes, part of this drawing.
4: I sure do. Send in a picture of you and your cat, or just your cat, um, to catspridephoto at gmail.com. We just need your name, your cat's name, your city and state. And we would be so proud to send you an entire year supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter. We've been talking about their newest product, which is the Fresh and Light Ultimate Care in the green jug. And Catherine Heigel is a spokesperson for that new product and we'd really like you to try it and um, we are really really happy to have dan jaffe as a sponsor of hollywood 360
5: now here's what happens you send in a picture and we put them all in a hat with all the other pictures and once a month dan jaffe comes in and randomly draws one name that name could be you we do it every single month here someone gets a year's supply of cat's pride kitty litter so send in your picture of your cat to photo at gmail.com.
2: And just make sure to include
5: the, your name, your cat's name, city, and state, please. Absolutely. Let's take a break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio shows like Abbott and Costello? What's
2: the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second Who's on first? One base of well, the club.
5: Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal Inner Sanctum This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door Fibber McGee and Molly
9: What day is this?
5: Oh, now, let me see and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time we'll have a great mystery on the Hall of Fantasy. You won't want to miss that. Then it's part one of The Life of Riley starring William Bendix as Riley. Lisa and I and Mike will be back on our next show. Please join us.